This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal News Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Fantastic news. Fantastic news yesterday. Fantastic, just brilliance in the evening. We'll talk a little bit more about that. And how amusing it was very shortly. Um, but I hope that that, along with plenty of other things, has lifted your uh, week so far. Uh, Some massive news regarding the Europa League dropouts, though. Uh, Barcelona, Juventus, you know, some really big teams are beginning to drop into our little competition um, that we're aiming to try and, well, win this season, amongst other things. It's going to get very real. It's going to get lively in the next uh, year, of course, when the Europa League and Champions League fixtures get back underway around February, March time. But uh, let's get on with today's show and round up all of the latest Arsenal news. First of all, good morning, everybody joining us in the chat box. Kaiser, Matt G, Steve, uh, James Curry, NSW, Gunnarate, David Lee. Good morning to Sartvik and Johan and Perez and Alpha. Hope you're having a fantastic week so far, guys, and everybody else as well, of course, in the chat box. Drop a like, subscribe if you're new, and get involved in the latest football prize, uh, which is a joint signed Martin Odegaard and Emile Smith-Rowe custom-framed shirts uh, a brilliant competition available uh just started because as i said the sack competition was going to sell out quick and it sold out blooming quick so we've got a whole new prize available uh in just a few hours already 18 tickets have been sold of the 100 and it says 125 on the picture but looking on the website it says there's 149 available so i'm assuming that that is indeed how many tickets are available hopefully we can get some clarity on that tomorrow um, but there is an early bird price you would like to get involved in fantastic stuff make sure that you do because it's certainly a worthy prize and good luck to those that enter the Bakayo Saka competition um you can watch our PSV versus Arsenal preview show which we recorded uh yesterday uh the game of course is tonight Arsenal will play in Eindhoven uh and hope to take away at least a point which will guarantee them top spots and an avoidance of that round of 32 and also give the benefit of meaning that game against Zurich next week means absolutely nothing. So they can give the full starters a rest ahead of the game against Chelsea on the Sunday. 
so make sure you go back and give that a watch if you haven't done so already. Based on tonight's game, there was talk yesterday we heard about Arsenal potentially playing in red and white shorts with the black away kit. Now, Further to this, with the ridiculousness that that was, there is supposedly discussions still ongoing about what kit Arsenal will wear, with some suggestions that they could wear a bespoke grey short to go with the black uh, shirt and sock situation. Never thought I'd be talking about Arsenal fashion quite as much as I do on this channel, but uh, apparently this is something that is in the potential works that they could see used tonight. I suppose we'll only find out once the game kicks off whether or not they have indeed use this system or whether they've gone with the red and white version. Um, VAR hilarity at Tottenham yesterday. Now, some people might turn around and I'm going to be very honest. I think it's a little bit of miserable to turn around and tell me this, but I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to laugh at this. I'm going to find this funny. I'm going to find this very, very funny indeed. The celebrations, the hilarity of them complaining, the irony of Antonio Conte complaining after telling Mikel Arteta to stop complaining. They're just a joke of a club, in short. They're a joke of a football club, and we enjoy every single second of their miserable existence as Tottenham Hotspur draw at home. Should have lost, because Sporting absolutely should have taken one of their final two chances that they had toward the end of the game, to keep in the balance their Champions League knockout hopes. They now need to go to Marseille, and get a result, which Marseille are the bottom team in that group. But if Marseille were to win, they would actually go above Spurs. That is how finely balanced their group in the Champions League is. But from an Arsenal perspective, it's just great. It's fun. I enjoy it. And I will not be told to not enjoy it just because we're not in that competition. <laughs> I will enjoy every second of this and continue to wind up parts of my friend group that support this silly little team. Um, so there you go. If you don't like it, I'd question why on earth you even enjoy football because rivalry is part of it and laughing at Spurs is always going to be part of being an Arsenal fan. So while it's there, we'll do it. Anyway, um, the Henderson and Gabriel uh, investigation by the FA has concluded and has dismissed the case. I'll read you the following statement for those listening on audio platforms. Following an investigation into the alleged... Uh, alleged oh, I'm going to start that again because that's a great example of why I should clearly be a presenter on TV. Following an investigation into an allegation received by the FA in the Premier League fixture between Arsenal and Liverpool on Sunday 9th of October 2022, the FA can confirm that it will not be taking any discipline their reaction. The FA received a complaint about an incident involving two players in this fixture. As a result of the complaint, the FA conducted a full and thorough investigation. The investigation included taking witness statements from the complainants and use and, and accused, of course, along with an additional six players who were within proximity of the alleged incident, view, reviewing multiple angles of video footage and seeking independent linguistics experts' evidence. Basically, that means uh, lip reading. Uh, none of the witnesses heard the alleged comments and the player accused strenuously denied the allegation throughout. Whilst the FA is entirely satisfied that the allegation was made in good faith, it is equally satisfied that there is no case to answer. The FA continues to take allegations received extremely seriously and would encourage anyone who believes that they have been the subject or of witness to abuse to report this through the appropriate channels. The FA receives a number of complaints in any one season and thoroughly investigates each one that it receives. Following consideration of all the evidence received, not all cases will result in a charge being issued. That is the statement. Um, 
and that's it. There is no, uh, there is nothing else that can come from this now. Um, I think, you know, from my perspective, I am glad that this was investigated. Clearly, Gabrielle thought he heard something uh, and absolutely did the right thing in bringing it forward. There's not enough evidence in this case to take it any further. Um, and if this was a certain case where there was enough evidence to take it forward, I would hope that the relevant uh, bodies would take the appropriate action. In this case, there isn't. Uh, it's not a case that I'm going to sit here and speculate on because that would not be fair based upon the investigation that's clearly taken place. But it has now been dismissed in this sense. So uh, we move and we hopefully will continue to have football without these types of things uh, needing to be investigated. So hopefully there's nothing that ever gets said or misheard. Whatever Gabrielle did here, I really hope whatever was said wasn't said and it was misheard. Uh, I really, really hope that it was misheard. Um, but yeah, I'm sure that if there was something said that hopefully the right investigation and this is the right result from that, I think it's probably the best way to put it. Uh, Marquinhos misses out due to illness. Um, I was at London Colney yesterday uh, and it was absolutely torrential pouring with rain, like ridiculously wet. Myself and Charlie from Haters were uh, working at the, the open training session and the heavens opened. I felt, to be fair, um, more sorry for Charlie because um, <laughs> he had to do some filming and watching him try and cover up his uh, his very expensive camera with the camera case uh, was rather amusing for most of it. Uh, the report, of course, that we put out covered plenty of what happened during the open training session. You can watch videos from that on the Arsenal way, of course. But Mikel Arteta revealed in his post or pre-match press conference um, that he is just ill and that's why Marquinhos isn't available. So hopefully nothing sinister. Now, um, certainly in terms of Zinchenko, I was hoping to get further clarification on why Zinchenko wasn't at training again. And for me, I think that <laughs> I wrote a piece on this yesterday about should we basically be worried at this point about Zinchenko? I will be worried after the World Cup if things are persisting, you know. And look, Zinchenko is a player that has... You know, Zinchenko is a, is a person that's, that's had series of injuries at Manchester City. I think he had 16 separate problems whilst at Man City and he missed a total of around 65 games because of injury. We all know that absolutely players get injured and we know that we were all really mainly discussing the player's quality rather than his fitness and bill of health before he signed. So therefore, I am surprised to see the shock, a little bit of the shock, to be honest, in the amount of injuries that Zinchenko's faced. But hopefully after the World Cup, he returns and that there isn't a problem with that. Um, Jesus backs Martinelli and Saka. Jesus speaking, of course, uh, in his pre-match press conference ahead of the game against uh, PSV. It was really good, I think, to see Gabriel talk about his teammates. He talks about their energy. He talks about how he's surprised and potentially even shocked at how much they're able to just keep running. He describes himself as thinking that he's a pretty, you know, pretty fit guy. Um, but Saka and Martinelli kind of put him to shame in some cases. I love that front three. I think it's got a real balance to it. I think it's got a real dynamism to it. I think that all three of them can go and take Arsenal forward to that next level. We need to see more goals from them. I think that's obvious. Um, but let's wait and see if, if they can indeed deliver on that. I hope that they can. Uh, and finally, Mikel Arteta did undertake, as I said already, his press conference ahead of the game against PSV. He was asked on a number 
of topics. Um, and specifically what I found important was the the question about Edu, because Edu has been linked to a number, a number of clubs at the moment and is in discussions about a new contract. Arteta said, I hope that he stays here for a long time because I think it's going to be a really positive thing for the club. I've worked with him. I work with him really well. And I think he's a super important figure at the club that represents all the values and ideas that we want to take the right way. And hopefully that will be the case uh, and in terms of him working with him day to day he says yes there is a lot happening at a football club and he has a huge role but he has a really good way of communicating with people and managing a lot of things that happen daily so for me and for the team he's really important um there is some yeah he was asked about the FA and not taking any further action he said I said on the first day that that uh, is a decision that lies totally with the FA and they have made that decision and that's it he was then asked if Gabriel is okay with the ruling, and he said that's something to ask Gabby, but the decision is made. And I think that's fair. I don't think it's fair necessarily to ask, you know, Arteta if, if another person is okay with the outcome of an investigation. That is certainly on the player. Um, he says on how the last few weeks have been with the investigation going on. He says it's an investigation that has been run by the FA, so there is nothing for me to comment on that. It is something private, and I prefer to make no comment, which I think is is fair. Uh, on Sambi Lukonga's recent displays, he said we'll see more. He has to prove that's what he's uh, that what he's asking, uh, and he can produce on the pitch. We're looking for every single player to raise their level and get the right competition in the team. And when you play and perform in a way that we win and play well enough games to win. Um, look, I think when it comes down to Sambi Lukonga, I said and have been on record in saying that I think that a alone move is the most beneficial line for him to, to move through. I think that if we sign a player in January, especially in midfield, it's going to be very, very difficult um, to... It's going to be very, very difficult to, to see Lukonga getting enough minutes to develop and to play. And so, therefore, I think a loan next season makes sense, potentially, to Marseille. Seems to be a good place for us to uh, to send our players. They end up doing very well, like Saliba, we've seen him previously, of course. Uh, and now, rather, Nuno Tavares is having a great season there as well. Um, but you could have a great time abroad as well, and you wouldn't have to miss anything regarding potential football games if you do indeed go abroad, because you can watch them. With the help of NordVPN, uh, which is a fantastic VPN service, very, very reliable and well-known and has very kindly supported and sponsored the channel uh, over the course of the next few days still. Uh, you can get a fantastic deal on your package, which uh, includes a four-month free option uh, and then a massive discount of which at the end of it, if you don't like it, you get a 30-day money-back guarantee. Effectively, I've used it. It's great. What it does is you go abroad, you can't watch the usual, like, broadcast companies and your broadcasting apps for sports because it doesn't work in other countries you just change your geolocation and it's as if you're back home uh, and you can tune in and watch everything that you'd like be that sport be that entertainment be that reality tv uh, so just go to nordvpn.com slash guna and get your exclusive deal with us um, and uh, yeah help support the channel as well it's uh, it really does help to improve things here like you've seen with the new microphone and the backdrop and uh, hopefully some more graphics and stuff like that as well. So uh, massive appreciation to everyone that gets involved. And thank you for listening to our latest sponsor. Let's move to part two and your questions right after this. Okay, let's uh, jump into the chat. Um, I do actually, uh, now usually what I do is, um, 
And there's a lot of, especially legal talk, uh, I, you know, very much avoid um, speculating on certain things. But there are a couple of comments that I just want to give kind of my personal opinion on. Um, Matty says, what a sham of a case. Judging by the facial expressions and body language of players on that day, it's clear serious was something said to Gabrielle. Um, Mark says, I can't believe Gabriel got so wound up about nothing. In short, what Gabriel thought Henderson said, Henderson said, he probably said. Now, it is impossible for us to know exactly what was said. And if what was said was something horrific, and it's and and the person who said that has got away with it, you know, that's a real shame. A really horrific shame, because these are the types of incidents, if proven can hopefully shine a light on still things that go on within the game. Unfortunately, if, and it's a big if, something was indeed said in a racial context, for example, and it's been missed. Yeah, it's 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 horrible that it's been missed and it can't be proven. But we don't know. And I think it is, it's always very important to talk about the line of, you know, um, if there's no evidence in something or if there's nothing that can be proven we can't we can't linger around that and we can't you know it's 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 such a hard thing because morally you're sitting there and going but what if it was said and in my mind you know i am i am in that place where i'm going i'm spec in, in my mind anyway i'm speculating going, but what if it, what if this person has said something awful and they've managed to get away with it it's not great but at the same time in my mind the conflict exists to go well what if something was misheard what because it's possible you know, it's it's very possible that something could be misheard that would make someone react in a certain way if they thought that something horrific had been said when in reality it hadn't. I mean, let's not all pretend that we've never misheard someone say something. It's possible that that could have also happened. There are lots of different things that could have gone on. I think it's dangerous for us to go to absolutes. I think it's dangerous for go and, and sit on absolutes and finalities in something that we don't know a hundred percent in something so serious that is just my advice to you is to not go to the absolutes when we don't know and we don't have the evidence and it's based off reaction because things can be misheard but it is worth absolutely underlining that if something horrific was indeed said that it's a real real shame that the person who said those things if indeed they were said has got away with them and that's kind of where I sit on it. Um, and we do have to move on. We do have to move past that. And it's it's not it's certainly not something that I think is going to be beneficial to linger around without, because it isn't going to get investigated anymore. It isn't going to get talked about anymore. Well, it probably will be talked about, to be fair. But do you know what I mean? It's very difficult. I, like you, Mark, you know, I would be very, you know, it's, it's very difficult to not think that Gabriel heard something the way that he reacted. Um, I really hope that it was, that this is the right outcome. I really hope that this is the right outcome. I hope that it is. Of course, I hope that it is because I don't want something like that that would cause an investigation such as this to be investigated. So I hope that it was something that was misheard. But uh, if it wasn't, then it's a real shame that we haven't been able to come to the right conclusion. Um, so I think that's probably the best way to tackle it. Um, let's go to... Uh, and again, equally, Charlie going, I think he misheard too. That for me, you know, it's equally... It's equally, in my opinion, wrong to try and assume that something has been misheard, as it is equally wrong to say that someone has definitely said something without evidence. For me, I think either side of the coin you should just avoid. 
wait until there's evidence, wait until there's genuinely something you can tangibly look at. And reactions, unfortunately, don't aren't enough, aren't enough in these scenarios. They just aren't enough. It, we need the evidence because things can be misheard. But to assume that something's misheard is, I'm sorry, Charlie, but that's wrong. And we should be very open in these types of things. It's it is it's a shame that unfortunately the, the, the well I say it's a shame because I'm hoping that this is the right outcome. I'm hoping that nothing was said. So is it a shame? Probably not. I'm hoping that it's not. I'm hoping that this is the right outcome and that the evidence and the investigation was thorough enough that they can conclude that they can't charge. You know, that's I think we should be. I don't think anyone should be hoping for a charge to come from these types of investigations. I don't think anyone should be hoping for that because we should hope that the investigation has found that it was a mistake or was misheard. Do you know what I mean? That's that's what we should hope for. We should not hope that someone gets charged with this because we should hope that it was a mistake rather than it you know, being the other thing. So I think that's fair. Um, Vishal says, Tom, uh, with the number of misfires VAR has had so far, is there a case to rethink how it's being used? Having said that, Conte's tears were sweet. Um, yes, they were. Uh, I think that with VAR, the problem is the people. And I, I, I've always said that the people involved in officiating in this country are simply not good enough. You know, the officiating here lacks accountability. It lacks uh, quality, sometimes lacks professionalism. Um, and I just don't think that the people operating the systems are good enough. When I put the video out on Twitter, as I did the other day, I find it sh I find it ridiculous how there are segments on radio shows, on media columns, on TV channels that are dedicated to analysing VAR decisions. I'll, talk, I'll tell you about it. I need a drink. Two seconds. <clears throat> Get myself wound up. Uh, <laughs> um, but in terms of, and, and this topic really does wind me up, because I find it ridiculous that we have to analyse a situation that a professional referee has been given the benefit of multiple television angles, multiple speeds to watch something at, and still come to the wrong conclusion. Like the Haaland penalty situation against Brighton last weekend, how any official can watch that back in several angles at several speeds for as long as they like and come to a conclusion that they should not recommend to the referee that he's got that decision clear and obviously wrong is a joke. It's an absolute joke. I, and I don't think it gets talked about enough and as scathingly enough as it deserves. It deserves more scrutiny because we just kind of back these things off now. VAR's become a bit of a joke because it's in the sense of, oh, yeah, no, they made another mistake. You know, oh, let's sit down and talk about that. But there's no accountability. There's no consistency. There's no recompense. You know, there's no consequences for any of this. And it's frustrating because, because without that consequence of people getting things wrong at the top level, they will continue to happen. And if they continue to happen... The game is undermined by just ridiculous decision-making and you get to an end of a season where you're pointed back on moments in games and going, that probably changed the way the season went. Arsenal should have had a penalty against Southampton. Southampton should have had multiple red cards to one player in the same game. 
And if Arsenal were to say miss out on whatever position in the league that they would benefit from by two points, we'll go back to that and go, well, if you'd have made the right decisions, perhaps Arsenal would have had two more points. You know, and that's the problem is we get to an end of a season, look at the league table and go, if all of the decisions that should have been made were made, or if all the wrong decisions that were made were actually made correctly, then the table might look different. And whilst we can do that, it undermines the legitimacy of the competition. And that's the biggest problem about VAR and the people running VAR. For me, VAR isn't an issue. I've not got, I've got no issue with VAR existing. No problem at all with it. I like it. I think it's a great tool. Same as I do in cricket, same as I do in tennis. It's a great tool to be able to look over incidents and get the right decision. The problem is the people behind the technology. That's the problem with this, is they are simply not good enough, not consistent enough, or potentially not even grounded enough to make the right choices. There's my rant about VAR done. <laughs> um Let's go to uh, Arsenal FC, who says, Tom, with injuries and weak squad, should we concentrate on the Premier League and rest players for the last two Europa League games? Some really big games coming down, uh, coming from some really big teams, sorry, coming down from the Champions League. Uh, they always rob us. I think that in terms of what we do tonight, we should be going to try and get a result at PSV. I think, one, we should be trying to get a win because we want to get things back on track before we play Forest. We also, if we come away with at least a point in this, mean that the game against Zurich is meaningless. You know, we've already wrapped up top spot if we win or draw tonight. And we should be aiming to do that because it means that we can rest all of our players ahead of the game against Chelsea and just throw the kids and the fringe players in that aren't going to have anything to do with that Chelsea game. That's what we should be looking to do. I hope that we still go relatively strong tonight so that we can make sure that we get a result and still try and turn that draw at the weekend into a responsive win on Thursday evening. Um, Akmal says, Xhaka did grab a Burnley players by the neck and was sent off after a VAR check. Uh, Pepe was sent off for a slower headbutt against a Leeds player and was sent off after a VAR check. Uh, Lianco did both and more and just got a yellow. And this is where, where the word consistency, Akmal, comes into things. The word consistency comes into it and clarity comes into it it's frustrating and until things are solved we will continue to see these types of things got away with so there you go charlie says i think it's more human bias rather than error i'm adamant that if it was Xhaka, he'd been sent off this i also think has as uh is fair you know i think some players are profiled i think some players have reputations and based upon the reputation and profile of those players decisions that would have maybe not been given against some players are given against others. I'm really worried that Gabriel, the Brazilian centre-back, is starting to gain a reputation like that, or if not, has already got one. And we have to make sure that we try and tackle these problems. I'd be interested to think what people think about the decision-making regarding certain players. Uh, Ife says, any news on El Nenny and when he return? Uh, the latest I know, if is it's in January. He's expected to return. He should be back by January. So fingers crossed uh, we have him back because he is definitely part of the squad that we need to have, just like Smith Rowe is as well. Uh, Lynn says, Tom, until we stop having the same refs doing both VAR, will never change. I think that it's a great point. Why not employ a third-party company separate from the officials have no relation to the officials in this country being able to do it. It doesn't necessarily have to be people from abroad at all. I think if you've got people that are colleagues with those people in the game, 
is there an is there a subconscious want for your colleagues to have made the right choice and to not overturn their decision? Is there an intimidation in overturning a, a colleague of yours? Is there a, is there something with that? I don't know, but I think it's a fair point to say a third party uh, side of things should have some involvement in VAR. Absolutely. Uh, Aya, thank you so much for the donation. In terms of VAR, fans irritate me with how they say if we perform better, ref decisions won't matter. Performances and ref decisions are two separate things. You can play well and lose due to poor refereeing decisions and vice versa. I think there is, Aya, in contrast, some credit to the argument that you disagree with. I think that you need to control everything that you can control in a game. And the Southampton game is a great example of this. Did VAR screw us? Yes, it did, multiple times. Did we miss opportunities that had nothing to do with any referee and decisions that had we have taken, we would have won the game? Yes, absolutely. So we couldn't, we still didn't control all the variables that we could control in the game against Southampton. And that is a big reason as to why we didn't win. In the same way that had VAR done its job, it probably would have contributed much more likely to us winning that game either by giving us a penalty or by going up against a 10-man Southampton team with one of their key defenders sent off. So for me, I think both have credibilities, but I think you can't dismiss the idea that you can that you need to control the variables that are in your control to try and take games away from the referee and from controversial decisions. We didn't do that on Sunday. We need to make sure that we do that in the future. Um, Mohammed says, hi, Tom. For me, spending in January is a must, or are we jeopard or we are jeopardizing our season? Arteta keeps saying that we do not have enough players. There's no excuse. Uh, I think that obviously he's saying that. I, to be fair, I don't know if he's actually said that. I don't think if Arteta said we don't have enough players. <laughs> you know, he said in the summer that we need more firepower, is what he said. And we have since obviously lost players. So it's not around, you know, we can't keep saying we don't have enough players. We've lost four key players, you know. Throughout this portion of the season, we lost Partey at the beginning. We even lost Erdegaard at the beginning. We didn't have Vieira at the beginning. And now we've lost Zinchenko for a long period of time, Smith-Rowe for a long period of time, and Elneny for a long period of time. I don't disagree that we absolutely should be signing players in January, but I wouldn't be pointing the finger at Arteta and going, look, you're saying we don't have enough players. We're sitting here in October still with significant long-term injuries to significant parts of our squad. That's why he's saying that we're short, not because we didn't do the business, because we've lost some key players. In January, if we don't sign anyone, and then after January, we turn around and if we've got players, say, we needed more firepower, we need more players, that's when we can start pointing the fingers. Now, there are reports suggesting that Arsenal will certainly go into the market in January. Fingers crossed that's what will happen. And I have hope and an optimism that we will do that. But there's always a chance that they may look at the market and go, there isn't players good enough out there that we could sign or that are available. The trap that we often fall into is, is, as fans is go and name off and list off a load of players that in reality, we don't know whether or not they are available or not. I always try and look at the players that move during a January window as examples to point towards rather than players that didn't move because we don't know the backstory behind their situation. But players that do obviously move from one club to another in January, they're the ones I tend to point the finger at and go, why didn't we go in for someone like that? That's kind of what I mean. Uh, James says he has alluded to it many times with clever statements like yesterday when asked about why he made certain players travel. He stated that uh, this is what we have to do. We don't have a big squad. Again, I think it's not he's not talking about signings. I think he's talking about injuries. You know, Marquinhos not being there, Zinchenko not being there, Elneny not being there, Smith Rowe not being there. These are all key parts, you know, that we're missing. and We need to make sure that we rest players. 
Um, it's for me, it's in relation to the injury situation more so than it is the transfer situation. Uh, Mark says the PGMOL uh, should allow referees to explain their decisions in real time. Uh, I would be very up for hearing referees mic'd up or have to explain their decisions after games. I'd be all for that. Ronald says, is the Tillemans for free worth it or has his value fallen too far? Uh, I think that with Tillemans, Arsenal remain a party that are looking at him because he's going to be free in the summer. It's a very valuable asset to potentially get on a free transfer. There will be lots of teams looking at him in the summer because he's, of course, going to be free and potentially in January because he could get him cheaper. Arsenal, I think, can get a better player than Tielemans, but shouldn't discount the potential of signing someone like him. Uh, Tulip says, thoughts on signing Wilfred Zaha in January uh, for like one and a half year contract and an option of another year. His contract expires in six months. I wouldn't be wildly against the idea of signing Zaha, but it is about the money associated with investing in terms of how much you pay for him, how much you pay him, and how much you obviously give him in terms of length of contract. All of those things would impact my decision. Plus, there is a side of me that goes, does he stand out and shine because obviously he, um, because he's playing in a team that allows him to do that? Is he going to do that the same at a club like Arsenal? He didn't at Man United many, many, many years ago. Who knows if he'd be able to do it here? We'd have to wait and see if it was happened. But I would be intrigued to see what would happen with Zaha at a big six club in this kind of state of his career. Uh, Vanaduti says, uh, how do traditional media journalists, for example, uh, JC, etc., view modern journalists like yourself and other YouTube and online content creators when you're in the press box, etc.? Um, I've only been in the press conference with John Cross, uh, press box with John Cross once, which was at Old Trafford. I didn't speak to him. Uh, it's not like he was rude, you know, it wasn't anything like that before anyone kind of takes words out of my mouth, just didn't didn't cross paths while he was in the press lounge. There's a lot of people in a very busy Old Trafford press lounge. So I can't speak to that specific question. In terms of how I have been welcomed into that crowd, it's been very, very welcoming. Um, was chatting with Charles Watts ahead of the game on Sunday. Uh, me and him were the two earliest people from the Arsenal side of things to get there. Was chatting to him. Uh, Kai has been obviously fantastic in integrating me into that group because Kai has been going to these things a lot longer than I have, only a, a year or so and a bit longer than me. But it's been very welcoming. I'm already, I was already good friends with Simon Collins before going in there. So obviously he's very, very welcoming. James Benj, I obviously knew previously to going in there as well. So it's been very, it's been very welcoming, mate. Uh, and those at Arsenal as well, those that I speak to at Arsenal that work at Arsenal that help with all that stuff, again, have been very welcoming. So Nothing bad to say at all, uh, which, you know, I know people might turn around and go, well, why would you? You know, you're in the press conference, but genuinely nothing bad to say. But I will say the food's blooming banging. <laughs> that's that's definitely been a plus of being there. When we were at Southampton on Sunday, they did chicken gyros. I think I'm probably pronouncing that very wrong. Um, but that was that was unreal. That was so nice. Um, but yeah, uh, it's it's been very welcoming uh, and I feel very, very privileged. And I do not take it for granted. Um, this position don't know when it's going to ha- don't know how long it's going to go on for so you don't know when you're going to lose it so it's always certainly worth taking advantage of it and using it and appreciating it while you've got it uh, Matt G says give us the drama Tom I don't want to hear that it was welcoming <laughs> I can't tell you anything other than what it was mate it was welcoming um, the, the only frustrating part I think so far 
has been at the Southampton game in the mix zone, which is where the journalists go after uh, the game. Either in Kaya goes into the press conference with Mikel Arteta. I go down to the mix zone to see if I can get some words with some of the players. If the, the result isn't great, sometimes the players just want to jump on the, the bus and go because they've already done their TV media. And once you've done like four interviews, as Jesus did, I think, after the game on Sunday, I can't necessarily blame them um, at all. Um, I can't blame them for not wanting to have a chat. But obviously, myself and Simon in particular were standing down in the rain for a long time waiting to see if the players would come out. And they don't always do that. It is They don't necessarily have to do it. Um, so it is always a, what's the word? Um, it's always beneficial. It's always appreciated when they do because they don't have to. But obviously, you know, you, you would hope that they would want to come and speak. But after a result like that, you can understand that they didn't. That's the only thing that I've ever had not go smoothly um, so far. But yeah, it's been great. It's been a great experience. I was talking yesterday on the preview show about the Southampton analyst who jumped down and celebrated out of the press box. I've it's that's a challenge. That's certainly something I've found as a challenge being in the press box is not being able to celebrate. It's it's impossible not to react to everything. But obviously, when I was sitting next to a five thousand odd Leeds fans at Ellen Road, and I mean genuinely sitting next to, there's just a staircase with no barriers or uh, railing in between us, nothing at all. And you got the chaos that went on at Ellen Road. Very hard to not react in those moments. Very, very difficult. Um, but you you do kind of get used to it. You certainly have to uh, get used to it. So there you go. Akmal says, do they bring you wine or cocktails? Nope, just soft drinks, mate. <laughs> We're working. You can't be can't be sipping a cocktail or a glass of wine unless you're on the honeymoon using NordVPN. <laughs> I'm not going to do it again. Uh, James says, many people have stated that Arteta has a real aura when he enters the room. What has your impressions been? So I've only been into one press conference so far because, uh, as I say, I'm starting to go down to the mix zone more now than the press conference. So I went into the press conference after the Manchester United game. Arteta was not happy. You could feel it as soon as he walked in the room that he didn't really want to be there. And, you know, you just lost annoyingly to Man United. You don't particularly want to be questioned on what happened. So you can understand why he was in a really bad mood. Um, but beyond that, I can't really speak to it. Uh, I can't really speak because I've not been in the room. So I can't give you that example. The only time I was in the press conference room was that Man United game, which obviously he wasn't happy about afterwards. So there was an aura of um, real frustration. Um, but in terms of an aura, in terms of, you know, just normal, yeah, he can be a bit of an intimidating guy. You know, there's no, there's, there's nothing wrong. I don't think we're saying that. Is there is something intimidating? I think about him, and I think for a manager to have that quality is a good thing for the players. They know certainly that he is. He's not just you know like used to play of Rob Holding, used to play of Mesut Özil. I think he's been able to establish that that managerial aura. I think he has that absolutely. Uh, Rodeo says, do you remember when some people wanted Allegri over Arteta? Always makes me laugh. Uh, Cole says, uh, wine, cocktail, what's the difference? <laughs> I mean, if you don't know the difference, Cole, that's a worry for your taste buds, is all I would say. Anyway, uh, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. It's been genuinely an absolute pleasure, as always. I think we've covered everything that we can cover as best as we can. I think we talked about a really sensitive topic, and I think we've covered that as well as we possibly could. I think just to stress that point again, the investigation that went on regarding the Henderson and Gabrielle situation, if what was said was the worst possible thing in the world, I'm gutted that it wasn't found out. However, with the with the, the situation where things can be misheard, 
I hope that it was misheard. I hope that nothing bad was said because my default is that I don't want things like that that people have speculated about being said, being said. So I hope that the right result of this investigation has been found and I hope that this is the right outcome. But if it isn't, I'm gutted. And I think that's probably the way that we should all look to it. Now, I would recommend you move on. I recommend you stop speculating about it because nothing else is going to change. Let's just hope that it's the right result. Anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, and while we'll see you tomorrow morning, of course, re reacting to the PSV game tonight. I'll be doing the minute by minute over on Football London this evening as well. So if you want to, if you're not able to watch the game for whatever reason, tune into the live blog. I'll be doing minute by minute commentary uh, over at FL. So enjoy. Uh, I'll have a great day. I hope you do too. And as always, up the Arsenal. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout. Because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl, yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.